BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst, Glenn Kirshner. As we wait for a verdict in the Proud Boys' seditious conspiracy trial, Glenn discusses some of the interesting and important arguments their defense attorneys made to the jury. So friends, I've been meaning to do this video for a while now, but there's been so much breaking news in recent days that this one kind of got away from me. A few days ago, I was in court. I attended some of the closing arguments in the Proud Boys' seditious conspiracy case. And I want to share with you just some of the arguments made by the defense attorneys. You know, some of the closing arguments were painful, some were comical, some were offensive, and some were effective. Let's start with the recent reporting. This from NBC News. Headline, Proud Boys Blame Trump as Defendants Prepare to Find Out Their Fate in Sedition Trial. And that article begins, Attorneys for the Proud Boys placed blame for the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol on Donald Trump in closing arguments in their seditious conspiracy trial Tuesday. An attorney for Enrique Tarrio, the head of the Proud Boys, said federal prosecutors were trying to make him a scapegoat for Donald J. Trump and for those in power. A lawyer for Joe Biggs said the defendants came to Washington because their commander-in-chief told them it would be wild, referring to Trump's infamous tweet on December 19, 2020, that called on supporters to come to Washington on January 6th. Be there, it's going to be wild, the commander-in-chief said, and so they did. Norm Pattis, an attorney for Biggs, told jurors, adding that their commander-in-chief sold them a lie. Tario, Biggs, and fellow Proud Boys, Ethan Nordeen, Dominic Pizzola, and Zach Reel, each face at least nine counts, including seditious conspiracy, a rarely used Civil War era law. The trial has been underway for more than three months, and jury selection began in December 2022. The government said in closing arguments Monday that the Proud Boys wanted to be Donald Trump's army and were thirsting for violence and organizing for action ahead of the January 6th attack. Now, friends, I don't want to bury the lead. Here is a statement that was made by the defense attorney representing Dominic Pozzola. You may not remember the name of that defendant, but you'll remember what he did. He violently took a police shield from a Capitol Police officer and used it to smash through the windows of the Capitol so people could breach the Capitol. Here is what Dominic Pozzola's defense attorney argued to the jury. Frankly, 
I found it compelling. Indeed, I even found it prophetic. Now, these are from my notes that I took as I sat in that courtroom listening to these defense attorneys give their closing argument. It's not a transcript, but I think I captured pretty accurately, hopefully word for word, some of the arguments that were made by these defense attorneys. And here is what Pozzola's attorney argued to the jury. Donald Trump said, I'm going to go to the Capitol. Go to the Capitol with me. Fight like hell or you won't have a country anymore. And I suspect, ladies and gentlemen, that will be government exhibit number one in the trial of United States versus Donald Trump. Well, you know what, friends? I couldn't agree more with Pozzola's defense attorney that that will be government exhibit number one in the criminal trial of United States versus Donald Trump. Of course, unfortunately for Pozzola, it doesn't give him a defense to attacking the Capitol just because Donald Trump may have illegally commanded him to attack the Capitol and stop the steal, fight like hell or you won't have a country anymore, that does not give Pozzola or any other proud boy or insurrectionist a defense to the crimes that they committed at the Capitol on January 6th. So let's take on some of the other arguments we heard from the defense attorneys representing these defendants. A number of them said you know, the pictures, the pictures of our clients that the prosecutors admitted into evidence, they mean nothing. They prove nothing. Really? This picture of the leader of the Proud Boys, Enrique Tario, with one of his top lieutenants, Joe Biggs, that doesn't really prove that these two men were associated? Or how about the photo of Dominic Pozzola with the stolen police shield he used to bust out the windows of the Capitol so people could breach the building. That doesn't prove anything. And then, friends, there was a photo moved into evidence of Tario and Pozzola together with the caption, Lords of War. You know what Pozzola's attorney said about that photo? That picture means nothing. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, when my client was in high school, he had his picture taken with Muhammad Ali. Does that mean that he was in a conspiracy with Muhammad Ali? But you know what, friends, this one is probably the worst of them all. One of the defense attorneys actually argued the following. On January 6th, the police created chaos. The police amped it up. The police wanted it to happen. Blame the victims. 140 police officers were injured that day at the U.S. Capitol. They were assaulted. They were beaten bloody. Some were beaten unconscious. But according to the Proud Boys, it was the fault of the police officers what happened that day at the Capitol. You know, friends, at one point during the closing arguments, one of the defense attorneys, when I think he knew he had made 
a particularly absurd point, actually stopped and he said to the jurors, I see your eyes rolling up. I saw their eyes rolling up too. But now the jurors are back there in deliberations seeking to do justice. And I believe they will. Because justice matters. Coming up next, Glenn untangles the many legal cases pending against defendant Donald Trump. This is Justice Matters. Hi, Beowulf here with Justice Matters, and I'm here to remind you about one of the best decisions I've made recently, getting Factor meals. Eating is so much easier for me with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor is flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up today and save. I've done the math, and I can tell you Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and start meeting your meal and nutrition goals. Head over to factormeals.com slash glen50 and use code GLEN50 to get 50% off. That's code GLEN50 at factormeals.com slash GLEN50 to get 50% off. Remember, go to factormeals.com slash G-L-E-N-N-5-0 and use code GLEN50 to get 50% off today. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. With so many investigations, crimes, and hearings surrounding Donald Trump, it's hard to keep track. Glenn gives us a clear picture of what's in front of us and what's ahead. So friends, USA Today just put out a piece that has a really good overview or recap of the cases and investigations pending against Donald Trump. Here is the headline. How many cases does Donald Trump face? Two DOJ investigations, a Georgia grand jury, New York charges, and a lawsuit. And that article begins, former Vice President Mike Pence's testimony before a federal grand jury is only one of the high-profile developments in the investigations of former President Donald Trump this week. Pence, as president of the Senate, was key to Trump's strategy to overturn the results of the 2020 election. He testified Thursday before a grand jury in Justice Department Special Counsel Jack Smith's investigation of Trump's role in the Capitol attack on January 6, 2021. Trump's other legal challenges include 
Smith is also investigating hundreds of classified documents seized at Trump's Florida estate of Mar-a-Lago. E. Jean Carroll's civil lawsuit in federal court in New York began Tuesday. She accused Trump of defamation for denying her allegation he raped her, attacking her integrity. Also in New York, on Monday, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg sought to limit Trump's access to evidence before his trial on the 34 counts of allegedly falsifying business records, 34 felony counts for those of you scoring at home. In Georgia on Monday, Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis warned local law enforcement authorities a grand jury could return its decisions on whether to charge anyone in her investigation of election fraud between July 11th and September 1st. So friends, how did we end up here? Donald Trump is failing. The Republican Party is failing as a result of its insane refusal to walk away from Donald Trump. Let me touch on what may be a bit of a sore spot for some, the Mueller report. People ask, you know, why didn't the Mueller report have the impact that it should have had? You know what, friends? I maintain it has nothing to do with the report itself. In volume two of the Mueller report, Bob Mueller fully and meticulously documented as many as 10 felony obstruction of justice crimes committed by Donald Trump. So it really wasn't for a lack of evidence that Donald Trump committed federal felony offenses. No, it had everything to do with a Republican Party that abdicated its oath of office, its allegiance to the rule of law. You know, in 1974, when the Nixon tapes were revealed and it became absolutely clear, indisputable, that Richard Nixon was a criminal, he was a crook, what happened? The Republican Party marched on the White House and said, Mr. President, you're done. Resign or you will be impeached and you will be removed from office. Friends, I firmly believe, I believe to my core that Bob Mueller thought when he delivered all of that evidence of the many felony crimes committed by Donald Trump, there wouldn't be a politician in the world who would decline to demand Donald Trump's resignation. So I maintain it wasn't because of Bob Mueller, it wasn't even because of Donald Trump that we are where we are today. It is a result of the death of honor and integrity of the Republican Party. That's why we are in this pickle, morass, quagmire. That is why our democracy has been suffering mightily in the age of Donald Trump. It is because the Republican Party is circling the drain, is sticking by an abjectly criminal former president for reasons that to me are inexplicable. I assume it has something to do with their burning desire to retain their own power 
to retain the prospect of being reelected, that to them is evidently more important as Republicans than the health, the vitality, indeed, the viability of our democracy. That's why we're here. But friends, we will dig out. Donald Trump has been indicted in New York, will be indicted in Georgia, will be indicted twice over federally, and we will dig out. You know, the Republican Party has written its own obituary. It will collapse. Something will rise up from the ashes, perhaps a party led by the Liz Cheney, Cheney's and the Adam Kinzinger's of the world, Republicans who said, what's more important to me than my reelection prospects is saving our democracy. Maybe the new Republican party that rises from the ashes will actually get back to arguing policy, but will show an allegiance to the rule of law. I think that would be healthy for our nation, for our republic, but we will dig out. It's too important not to dig out. And I actually think, given what Donald Trump has exposed, we may find ourselves in a better place a few years down the road, because now we know what it is we need to fight against, and now we know what it is we need to fix in and out of government, and we'll do it. It's too important not to do. And as we know, justice matters. Hang in there, friends. Please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again soon. For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters.